Forests provide us with the very air we breathe, and music nourishes our soul. Woods and Wilds podcast is intertwining the roots of music and the healing power of nature through stories. I'm Elizabeth Lachey with Slay the Mic, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Kamala Luna from Dogwood Alliance, and we are so excited to have Ernico Brown. Ernico has devoted her life's work to advocating for Black communities. She tirelessly navigates beyond the hard conversations and drives support toward action. Her commitment is being a liaison between policy and politics to reconstruct a path of power building and power sharing in Black communities. Ernico is from rural McCormick, South Carolina. She grew up on land that's been in her family for eight generations. She was raised by her grandmother who emphasized the importance of education. She is completing a master's in organizational leadership from Columbia College, South Carolina. She completed her bachelor's in human services with a minor in community and organizational leadership and has received a certificate in faith-based nonprofit leadership from Wake Forest University, North Carolina. Her love for people, nature, forests, and advocacy keeps her organizing in the political spectrum. She currently resides in Greenwood, where she currently grows her nonprofit, Organized Uplifting Resources and Strategy, ours, and builds power in frontline communities through connecting with community members and organizations. Oh my gosh, Ariniko, welcome. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Well, I have so many questions, but I, I'm just like, where do I start? Um, because that is such a powerful bio and, um, and just who you are. But whenever I think of like the roots, the roots of who you are, and you in your bio mentioned growing up on land and your grandmother teaching you the the essence of education so let's just kind of go back to whenever you were you know five or six years old and what are those feelings um that kind of stuck with you to who you are today yeah five or six it was freedom um it was love all love uh my grandmother and grandfather um predominantly raised us uh, my mom worked third shift a single parent but we had that nuclear family um with my my grandmother and my grandfather. So um, it was always, you know, every morning breakfast, uh, people looking out for us, um, having what we need, couldn't get in trouble at school because the principal was our cousin. Um, <laughs> getting home, uh, going out, working in the garden, tending to the cows and stuff. Um, and it was it was freedom it was home it was love it was beautiful what a beautiful gift to have your grandmother be there for your early childhood and i guess i just want to like hear more about what you love about your grandmother oh man what did i not love about her um she had a 10th grade education so she emphasized the importance of us getting an education and um, I can remember a time, I think I was 21, young, wild, free, getting ready to move to uh, California to serve as the Southeastern Regional Director for FEMA. And um, I called her and I was like, Grandma, I'm getting ready to go. And she was like, where you going, child? And I was like, I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to do this job. And she was just like, what you keep running from? 
why why you feel like you got to keep running you need to sit down somewhere get an education that way nobody can take it from you do the things that you need to do get a job so you don't have to depend on nobody and it was just like <sighs> listening to her like she would always say you do the right thing the right thing will follow you you do the wrong thing the wrong thing will follow you and I owe everything that I am, everything that I'm leaning into to her. I wouldn't be the person that I am, where I am, doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for her. So I, I thank God every day for that woman and her tireless work on this earth and her instilling values in us that she didn't have and doing things for us that she wasn't able to do for herself. So just an amazing woman, beautiful loving i mean anything if if i could embody love or put a face to love it would definitely be hers oh it's just a little dusty in here or something (laughs) (laughs) thank you for sharing that and so i heard that you had animals um and so you were growing up on this farm and i want to talk about the comparison of of what it takes to be in nature and grow up around all sorts of different animals on a farm and and who you are. So I know that was a really difficult way of framing it, but like whenever you're trying to cultivate something, I always think of like cultivating my own dreams or in trying to turn things into reality, but taking that patience. And so I was kind of wondering, what are the similarities that you see from farm life and nature to what you are currently working on? Oh, cool. So uh, first off, it wasn't exactly a farm. It was like my cousins had cows over here. We had two acres of uh garden over here a couple of pigs one or two chickens okay you know everybody everybody had the kingdom and we lived out in um, a very rural area so any given day you see squirrel turtles deer armadillo every now and then a bobcat maybe one or two eagles but yeah you you saw the entire spectrum because this is a naturalistic habitat i realistically live about five minutes from the lake and this lake goes like around the backside of the house so we have about five state parks within like 20 miles and I'm also (laughs) let's see if you get out into the water and you probably go maybe five miles you're over in Georgia so that's how close I am South Carolina Georgia line but the comparison to everything that is going on first off let's be clear I'm out in the country very little to no reception and it was like yeah no i'm young i'm ready to get out of here (laughs) ready to live so needless to say when i was like 17 18 i moved away um at that time i didn't see the value in what was there but those roots were always rooted in me and so it took me growing of age and seeing and having to come back home about five years ago, my grandmother called me back home and told me that she needed me to take care of her because she wasn't doing well. Getting back into that life as an adult and coming from the city back home, it was hearing the silence, the peace, 
being able to hear yourself think, being able to talk to family members and be out there and be in the midst of that. Because I come from a singing family, so our Sundays would be singing on the front porch, singing something grandmother wanted to hear, having Sunday dinners every Sunday at her house, being back home and being rooted in those traditions and being taught patience at a mature age was what I essentially learned. I mean, I learned the value of what home was and what home is as opposed to going out into the world and being a part of the world. It's more important to be representative and make it personal by being at home. So I'm learning that I need to take care of home because home is the place that took care of me. That's beautiful. Um, I'm so inspired by your grandmother and this concept of like being a good example and planting these beautiful seeds for the next generation. And it reminds me of this Greek proverb that goes something like a society grows great when you plant trees that you'll never enjoy the shade of. And so um, what are some of the trees that you're planting that you may never enjoy the shade of? Uh, I think that in this space, I am learning to build long-term relationships and I'm learning to instill values because I have a seven-year-old nephew and with COVID and everything, nobody knows the day nor the hour. <laughs> so I'm, I mean, I'm learning how to instill values in him, teach him patience because he is definitely one of this new generation and in instant gratification. <laughs> Still uh, trying to teach him the importance of the yes ma'ams and the no ma'ams and the yes sirs and the no sirs. Out here in the community, trying to give off the importance of voting um, and how it can make a difference in the lives of so many, like myself, just trying to tell the younger generation about the things that are shaping the future and the conversations that are being had are actually about them and they need to make their voices known and heard. So those are the things that I'm doing outside of that, more specifically planting trees where they're being uprooted, honestly. Um, so a lot of these places, <laughs> I'm out here, you know, getting seeds and throwing seeds out here where they're cutting trees down. Who knows, 20 years, we, we don't know. And that's, that's the time frame that it takes to grow a very mature tree in order to help the land, honestly. So I'm out here doing stuff I ain't got no business, but I got business doing it. <laughs> so you are literally planting, I mean, from the, the proverb in terms of being literal and, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's amazing. That is amazing. Thank you. I, I also heard that you would sing songs, you said. <laughs> I said I come from a, a, a singing family. I'm, I'm good on the, the background. Uh, okay. the, only, the only person that ever really heard me sing um, or that I would actually sing a song for was my grandmother. So um, I hadn't sung in over a year. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any songs that really um, drive you and help you get through maybe a difficult time? Yeah, actually, we, so it stemmed from my grandmother raising us, and we grew up in church, so um, we were always on the choir, always singing, um, and every Sunday morning, we would listen to, with her, it was this old <laughs> radio station, it was Gus Wilson, Gus Wilson Gospel. 
out of Abbeville, South Carolina. So it was like quartet music almost. And so it would be that stuff, but even like riding with her, anything, the Lee Williams and the spiritual QCs, the Canton spirituals, any of the like soul-stirring music, I would say, definitely a part of it. Uh, Things that will get me through times. She and I had a song, well, it was a song we grew up listening to with her by the Canton spirituals. It's called I'm In Your Care. And then there's one called uh, Memories. Yeah, that's one. And there's another one by Paul Porter featuring uh, the Canton Spirituals. But those are songs like I literally played those uh, the last couple days of her life. And um, those were literally the songs that I played, you know, as I prepared her for the, what do you call those little people? Corners to uh, come and get her. So yeah, she instilled those songs. Those were her favorite songs. And uh, did everything I needed to do to send her off the best way I knew how. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I guess I want to know about teaching the next generation patients, how you approach that, because it is very similar to like, you know, it's just, it's, we, it's not how things grow that we plant something and we go out the next day and get angry at it for not being a full grown thing. So like, how are you, how do you approach that and teach the next generation patients for your nephew? Um, with Jace, I, I guess I'm very, very old school and it's, you know, we built a rapport. <laughs> over the years <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it <laughs> that's right that's right I, if i couldn't do it how can you <laughs> so for me uh <laughs> so for me with him it's definitely um teaching those things and in those moments where he is wrong redirecting him that would be a good one in the midst of redirecting him letting him know why you know, it's not okay. Um, as far as like this entire new generation, just being open, honest, sincere, and forthcoming and letting them know, you know, how to move, letting them know what's coming down the pipeline, the things that I know being in a position to disseminate that information to them so that they know, um, so that they're able to make an informed decision about life, how to move, how to navigate it really. And just, you know, really keeping my hands intertwined in what they have going on. So I'm out here mentoring um, kids that I have been a tutor for since I was 17, 18. They still, you know, call stuff like that. And I let them know the things that are going on. And I do my best to keep them abreast of uh, what's going on in the environment. We're seeing a lot of um, changes happening and and whenever we talk about empowering others and empowering ourselves it is it takes time and it takes lots of patience if you had a magic wand or a magic rake or a magic something shovel like to cultivate more what would you want to change right now um honestly this whole COVID ordeal, the pandemic, um, the racism, the hate, um, and really incorporate healing because all of us need some type of healing in some type of aspect. Um, Because we're all dealing with 
various issues that are stemming from what's going on with the economy, what's going on with jobs, what's going on <laughs> with the current administration. It's, it's just a lot. We, we all need to hear uh, something nice. We all need to, need to feel something beautiful and we all need to heal in some aspect. So that will definitely be it. Mm. Speaking of like needing to hear something nice, beautiful, something healing, can you talk to me about your relationship to nature and how you feel when you go in the woods? Because I have the sense that you have a pretty deep connection there and I'd love to hear about it. Well, I come from the woods. I can't help but to connect with them. Um, <laughs> um, I love, love, love. I am a country girl at heart. I love um, going to the lakes. I love being barefoot out in the dirt. Um, I love playing outside with my nephew and just being out there listening to the trees, being able to smell fresh air, breathe fresh air, being able to just see the beauty that God has placed before us and to know that these trees that are out here hold so many memories from me coming up, y'all, we're talking about me being five, these same trees standing here, you know, as I am 33, um, and being able to share memories with them. Like now that my grandmother is gone, I can look at this tree and I can remember a time that, you know, we were out in the yard planting in the garden and planting all these different, <clears throat> excuse me, flowers, uh, having a flower bed, having a garden, uh, having rose bushes, having a table where we scaled fish that we caught. Um, and just going back to these things um, and to these moments when I feel like I don't have a direction and being able to stand in those moments and be in a place where I, I feel uh, most of my freedom. Um, so being able to connect with those um, places and those memories gets me through a lot. It, it really does. <laughs> How do you, um, how would you suggest someone to access nature to like, because there's stigma and there's thoughts and we're always going in this busy direction, constantly busy, and we forget to take time and moments and go out into nature. Like, what are some of your guiding principles and to to tell people to get out there so like if you can't get far away just just get on your porch um find a botanical garden find you know i mean there are different places up in north carolina like i've been to brevard before and i like waterfalls um just to hear them to smell the water to smell nature to smell how trees and water just like mix and smell together it's like a whole different thing and it it gets you to thinking um it gives you like freedom like pine trees are just amazing uh cedar wood is beautiful um and just being out if you can't get far away from the noise just cut your phone off uh go sit on the porch go sit on your deck <laughs> Uh, go sit out in the yard, you know, um, 
and just take time. And if you don't have time, take time to make time for you. Um, because you are important. Your thoughts are important. <laughs> Everything that you possess, if you're not okay, then your day isn't going to be okay. So um, it's of the utmost important to uh, take that time for yourself. So make time to take time to go out and be a part of nature. Because we're so caught up in devices that it's, it's like we got to be connected with something that's tangible. And nature is tangible, honestly. Right? Go out there and take your shoes off. Feel different textures. <laughs> Hear different things. Like, you don't always have to hear, you know, a vibration or a ringtone. Just hear something and hear the beauty of the freedom without it being attached to another person. Like, disconnect with the world to connect with yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Liz and I... You can't see it because we are just going to record audio here, but Liz and I are both like snapping and like feeling like, so eloquent. All your words are hitting us so hard. They're so beautiful. Um, and you just started working at Dogwood Alliance. So you protect Southern forests now. And I guess like, what do you want people to know about why it's important to protect Southern forests now more than ever? Um, it's, <sighs> why is it? Why isn't it? This is the way that we breathe. Like, that's a whole married relationship right there. What we give off, the trees take in, what the trees take in and give off is what we need. Like, that's a whole, you know, inhale, exhale dynamic. Like, you need them. The best way I can put it is we breathe easier when the world is green. That's the best way I can give it to you. Yeah. Um, because every it's it's like we as humans are caught up in instant gratification, we're caught up in greed, we're caught up in building this powerful infrastructure while we're tearing down uh naturalistic habitats for animals and we're offsetting the ecosystem, and with us offsetting the ecosystem, we're offsetting our livelihoods um and it's just like. We're tearing up a place that can't reproduce itself fast enough to keep up with what we're doing. And nature's gonna be all right, because that's nature, but are we? So. And to touch on nature and just hum human life, um, can we talk about the intersections of racial identity and nature? Um, and how it relates to the resilience, uh, the resiliency of just staying strong. Um, so a lot of times, oftentimes, like um, you heard that I came from a family land. So with that um, family land, like it's important. These things that we have, a lot of times we don't feel like we have wealth but nature is wealth. The health of nature is true wealth. Um, and so to be in these places and being in these spaces and being bought off by um, places like in Viva, where we are um, currently at a battleground, um, it's, it's really taking our power 
um, and the forest deprivation that is going on, like we're really killing ourselves for a dollar. Um, and within the racial spectrum, like here in uh, Greenwood, I am seven miles from the Enviva Wood pellet plant. And so essentially I am uh, affected by this. I also live in a low income impoverished neighborhood. Um, and so they come in and they strategically place uh, places like that plant in low income impoverished neighborhoods because these people who are in these neighborhoods are really figuring out like how to get through the day, how to um, put food on the table, clothes on their kids' backs, and how to get through what they're going through. So like with, um, they're currently doing, attempting an expansion. With that, you have COVID going on, you have respiratory issues, all these different things that they're combating. And they're just trying to get through one issue. Never mind the six or seven other things that they have going on. And the people who are for these organizations are part of the system, um, which is the good old boy system. And being in that space, like they never have to breathe this air. They never have to worry about the air particles. They never have to worry about the injustices that are going on on this side of town. And their family either has wealth or comes from wealth. And so they don't have to worry about, you know, what it's like to rob Peter to pay Paul. They've never had these issues because they are wealthy and well-connected. But these people who really have issues who are in these spaces, they have to worry. Um, and when you don't have people who are part of the conversation who are working on your behalf and who are throwing out $10 words, like I think it was there, I was in the midst of a panel discussion and they said, I think it was economically challenged, but they were talking about Hilton Head and they were talking about this community that was right over the road. And it's like, how can you talk about this community when this is just right across the road? This is our community. So we verbally offset things um, when we speak about them. We don't talk about our community weak because what we do is we build where it's beneficial and not where it's broken. When we should be building where it's broken and not beneficial for one person. And so it's like there's this continuing battle um, for people to understand this fight because people feel like they don't People feel like the system doesn't care about them, and it doesn't because it's not designed for them. And with that, they have the richer continuing to get rich while the poor continues to be to become poor. Um, and you don't have people who are actually concerned with the communities, but they're concerned with their agendas for the community. Yes, and for those, folks who are just tuning in and who maybe have never heard about Inviva before, just like kind of talk about what Inviva is, what they do um, on a basic level for people who maybe have never heard about it before. Inviva is a wood pellet plant essentially and here they say 
that they're cutting down um, trees that are no longer useful in nature. Um, when in reality, here in South Carolina, they're literally cutting down about 43 acres a day on a 75 mile radius. Um, so that touches a great deal of South Carolina and I'm in Greenwood. So that reaches from here down to Columbia and from here all the way up to Greenville, past Greenville. And it honestly reaches just the tip of Georgia by McCormick. So people who think they aren't affected by this, that's a, that's a really big cut. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, if you, in a place where you see um, trees being cut 9 to 10, it's um, in Viva. So if you feel like you're losing beautiful landscapes 9 to 10, this wood pellet plant that is um, cutting down trees um, at an alarming rate is the reason why. This really, I mean, it really impacts me and hurts my chest just even having this discussion um, because it's just really um, anxiety provoking. So we are at a disconnect. That's what I, I keep seeing that, you know, we are just disconnected as this world, as this country, as our neighbors, as a community. Um, and I'm just trying to think on how do we get connected? Just like you were saying that these, um, that this is a problem that they're not listening to the people that it, this is impacting or right across the road there is something else going on that some individuals can choose to ignore. So how do we bring it to where we can no longer ignore and just go ahead and address the situations? Well, you definitely need people organizing around the issues. Um, and it's honestly, at this point, it's not enough to organize. like. <clears throat> we we need good sound leadership and that's one thing that we lack and we're always looking to these giants for direction um a lot of us fear standing in the gap and building again where we're broken and where it's not just beneficial for one person um it's not enough to just organize you need people who are willing to stand up people who are willing to stand in that gap and i feel like a lot of us don't do that because we don't have the cash to fund our own organizations we don't have the capacity to walk away from positions that we hold in places and we don't have <clears throat> those connections that we need to be grounded in the work that we really want to do um, in a just manner is we're caught in like a catch-22 and it's like we feel the brunt of everything that is going on so the things that I can do within my capacity um you know raising awareness amplifying the message and I'm doing individual calls to action we need people power and we don't need 
a general purpose for being there. We need the people. We need to build ongoing connections. We need to um, be amplifying the message, not only in our communities, but in our schools. We need to be talking to the students about things like the importance of having a business and creating a business account over having a $220 pair of shoes. Now, don't get me wrong, I rock them. I do. <laughs> but I also own my house. <laughs> I own my cars. I own my land. Um, and we, we need to talk about uh, what equity is. We need to teach these things rather than having them learn them when they get out in the world. We need to be able to teach them these things now because these are the bricks of the foundations that we're creating for them to stand on. So the information, they only know information that we uh, provide. And if we begin to instill those things uh, at home and in our kids and in the community and not being afraid of what somebody's going to say, fashioning information and instilling information in a manner that is just and understandable to our children um, and teaching them, you know, the right things and the wrong things and learning to have patience with them. Um, I think that will bring about a change. Um, instilling old school education, as my grandma used to call it, um, because that's definitely what I have. And and just loving on the values, the principles, and the morals that we used to have, because everything really is coming full circle back to the things that they used to do. So just partaking in those uh, practices of previous living. Um, where we didn't have much, but we had each other. Right now we need each other, so that's about it. Yes, I feel like we're touching on this beautiful theme of like power respects power. And one way that power comes through is through ancestral wisdom. And I just really appreciate all the different ways that your grandmother has been with us today. And I also understand that like when people cross over, that conversation doesn't end. So what are the conversations that you're having with your grandmother right now um, that inform your work? Oh, getting that education. Um, in the midst of me, you reeled off a lot of stuff that I'm doing. Um, it was important. She always said that um, I needed to get an education because nobody can take it from me. She would also say, tell me to get an education because it just wasn't for me. It was for me to utilize to help somebody. Um, and she would also tell me to get an education because she only had a 10th grade education. So it wasn't just for me. It was for us. Um, and so she always instilled that in that value of togetherness, that value of loving unconditionally. And that value of like making sure that you know that you are loved. And for me, like I get up every day motivated because I got to help somebody like she helped me. I got to pray for somebody like she prayed for me. I had a near fatal car accident about 11 years ago. And um, when I woke up after um, them basically put my head back together, um, I woke up to my grandmother saying, Lord, save my baby. Prior to the accident, I had always been joined at her hip, but it was a more a more gratifying relationship that we ended up having. And 
just like she was like, Lord, save my baby. And she was praying over my bed. When my grandmother passed, I was preparing her and praying over her bed. And so you give what's been given to you. There's always an energy and a passing that you, um, that never transcends time, but transcends hearts. So I'm always, um, those things that she taught me in that relationship, I'm always trying to give it to people and you love on people. She always told me to uh, tell people you love them because you never know the last time they heard that. And you give love because you never know, you never know the last time that they were given it. So it was always about loving on people. It was always about building people up where they fell short. And it was always about giving to people in this world that we're living in now. People are so uh, wrapped up into what they can have for themselves and not what they're creating long-term for their people. And with <clears throat> the particularly, particularly the black race, I think that we're getting back to where we're loving on each other with intention. Um, and once you have that intention, you have a power that nobody can uh, come against. So it's all love. It's black love. It's beautiful. It's intentional and we're going to get it right eventually. So <laughs> we here, you know. I mean, that's absolutely beautiful. And I just want to say thank you for standing in the gaps, but not only standing in the gaps, but creating space and, and nurturing yourself to stand anywhere that your presence needs to be. So I think it's just extremely important that you continue to do this work and um, but also know that you have so many people that are behind you as well. What's next? What is next for you in terms of like, where do you see yourself? I don't want to do too long term, but like in, in one year, where do you see yourself? One year, I will have walked across that stage with that master's degree. Um, one year, hopefully, we are in another house, a bigger house. I need a basement. <laughs> Just put that out there. I need a need a basement. Continuing to grow my organization, but being in a being in a space where I'm able to walk in full time, servicing the community because there's a component that I'm building specifically within my organization that I I, I really think is beneficial to Black communities. So stay tuned. <laughs> I love that. So we are definitely reaching the end of our time. And I, I just, we are, I know we're so, this was amazing. And thank you so much for being on the show with us. And is there anything else that you want to tell anybody tuning in for Woods and Wilds? Whatever work that you're in, whatever space you're in, be intentional about doing the right thing. Because if you're intentional, then that means that you intend for something beautiful to come into fruition. Just love on what you got going on, nurture those things, and be prepared for something beautiful to come in the future. Mm. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Yes. For your organization or how people can tune into what you're up to, what are some good places they can check out? Okay, uh, so my. Um, 
website is ourstrategies.org. Uh, the email is admin at ourstrategies.org. If anybody, shameless plug, if you care to donate to our causes, um, there is a um, place on the page where you can donate. Um, you can subscribe to our monthly uh, subscription and um, yeah, feel free, connect. And if you have projects that you uh, want some help on, if you got some messages you want to amplify, feel free to reach out. Thank you.